Good morning and welcome to our Sunday service. Now in Psalm 32 and verse 11 it says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy all the upright in heart. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to rejoice in the Lord. We're going to do that by singing our opening song. It's called Come People of the Risen King. It's been recorded by different members of our church praise group, recorded at home, and brought together again by David McDermott. I want to thank him for all his hard work in bringing these musicians together. And after we've sung this song, Stephen Gordon, who heads up our UCB prayer ministry here in the church, is going to lead us in prayer.
morning. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we, your church, gather today to worship and to adore you, help us to learn how to worship you as you deserve in spirit and truth. We are going through trying times and our hearts go out to all who have lost loved ones and those suffering with this COVID-19 coronavirus. But help us to remember that our God is still on the throne, that he tells us that every hair in our head is counted and that we are loved with an everlasting love that is the same yesterday, today and forever. No matter what our circumstances, we can trust in you, Father God. Help us to rise above our doubts and anxious thoughts, for your majesty can be seen all around us. The works of your hands are displayed in the heavens above and here on earth. You sit enthroned in the heavens as our eternal king. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture, and you are our God. You give strength to the weak, help to the oppressed, food to the hungry, and comfort to the suffering. We worship and thank you for sending your Son to take our punishment for all our sins. He shed his precious blood to wash all our sins away so that we may be part of your family and call you Abba, Father. We pray that you would erect a hedge of protection around us and cover us in the precious blood of the Lamb. Psalm 91 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Our eternal destination is secure. We cannot be shaken. May we worship you in the beauty of your holiness and bow before you in reverence and praise with thankful hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Now, a few weeks ago, I posted a video up on our church Facebook page. It was a video of Maureen Bell singing a hymn. Now, Maureen Bell is a member of our church, and according to our church record, she's been in membership longer than anyone else. The video was recorded by the staff of Carrickfergus Manor Nursing Home, where Maureen is a resident. And if you missed the video on our Facebook page, let's have a look at it now. Far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love thy old cross with dearest and best, for the worst of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the rugged cross. Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to your rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown I'm sure that brought back memories for many of you because in earlier days Maureen would have used her gift of singing to travel around different churches throughout the province ministering in song. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking what a blessing it is to hear people sing. It's something that we really miss at the moment. It also got me thinking how simple it is to record people singing these days and to share it with others. So here's what I would love you to do. Back in April, we had planned a praise service here in the church. 
Unfortunately, we had to cancel it. But I'd love to have an online praise service. Now, I know there's many of you who are able to sing. There's many in our congregation who are able to play instruments as well. What I want to encourage you to do is to sing a hymn or a praise song, maybe play an instrument, record it on your mobile phone or your iPad or any way you want to record it, and send those recordings in to me. I'll put them together. Hopefully we'll have enough for an online praise service. Now, I know here in Carrick we're a shy bunch. You don't like pushing yourself forward. So I really do want to encourage you to take part in this because I do believe it will be a real blessing to many, many people. So perhaps you could sing a song and record it. Do it like Maureen did without any music. Maybe there's children in your house. You could do one of the kids' songs with the actions. Maybe the family could come and sing it as a group or some could play, some sing along. I know it's not only our church folks who come here on a Sunday who are watching our services at the moment. So don't worry if you've never been to our church. If you're watching our online services and you'd like to take part in this, send something in, that would be great. Some of you might be thinking, well, I can't sing. I fall into that category. Maybe you could record yourself sharing a verse, a verse from scripture that means something to you. Maybe it's been a help to you in recent days. Or maybe just share something that you're thankful to the Lord for. Now these are going to be recorded on things like your phones. We're not expecting professional quality, but we do believe that this could be a blessing to many of us as we watch this. So get thinking, get recording. Why not do that even this afternoon? Take some time, record it, send it in to me. Do it over the next few days and I will put it together. I do believe this could be a real blessing to us at a time of lockdown. So I encourage one another to take part and encourage one another with our praise as well. I've also been encouraging the children to send in some pictures and videos to me along the theme of the Lord's Prayer. And I want to share some more with you now. We've had this great picture sent in from Anna and Jesse Courtney. It looks as if they've stuck some shapes onto wood and painted them. It's very colourful and looks great. And also this picture sent in from Toby Walsh. Toby has written out the Lord's Prayer on this whiteboard. Now you must remember that Toby is only in primary one. He wrote this out with no help at all, which is amazing. And all I can say, Toby, is you must have a great homeschool teacher at the moment. Now when I ask people to send things in, you never know what you're going to be sent. I have never been sent anything like what I'm going to show you next. Earlier in our service, Stephen Gordon led us in prayer. There are four members of the Gordon household who come along to our church. There's Stephen, there's Linda, there's Sarah and Connor as well. But most of us won't know there's actually a fifth member of their house. The fifth member is their dog called Buster. And Buster has sent in this video. Hello everybody, I'm Buster and I've been joining you the last few weeks in church. And I thought I'd come on and do the Lord's Prayer. Alright everybody, you ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, everybody. Cheerio. I don't actually know what to make of that video. All I can say is I think Buster is the most sensible member of the Gordon household. Now today we want to think about the next line in the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to watch the video the children from our church made to find out where we got up to. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Now the next line we want to focus on is very short. It only has three words, thy kingdom come. And although it's short, you might be wondering, what exactly does that mean? Well, the main word in those three words is this word here. It's the word kingdom. And kingdom is actually has another word at the start of it. You can see it here in the red. It's the word king. And you all know, I'm sure, what a king is. A king is a ruler. He's somebody in charge. And the Bible tells us who the greatest king is. Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Now, a kingdom is the people and the place that a king rules over. And when Jesus Christ was here on earth, he actually said that his kingdom had come. He had brought a kingdom with him. So when we trust Jesus Christ, he becomes our king. He rules and reigns in our hearts. And we enter his kingdom. We enter the kingdom of God. But when Jesus was here on earth, he also spoke of a coming kingdom, when the kingdom of God would come in all its fullness. Because Jesus lived here on earth. He died on a cross for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And 40 days later, he ascended up to heaven. And he promised that one day he will come again. And when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to make all things new. He's going to put an end to sin. He's going to put an end to pain and sorrow in this world and an end to death itself. And everybody, on, when Jesus comes back, will bow their knee before him and acknowledge him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And at that time, Jesus is going to rule and reign forever and ever and ever. Now that is something for us to look forward. We want that kingdom to come. And so we're told actually to be ready for when Jesus comes back. We sang about that last week in our children's song. Remember it was called Be Ready. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer and when we pray those words, thy kingdom come, we're actually praying about two different things. We're praying that God's kingdom would come into the lives of people. That people, people like your friends in school and people you know, might trust Jesus Christ, that they might make him their saviour and the king of their life, and he might rule and reign in their hearts. But we're also praying that God's eternal kingdom will come, that Jesus Christ will come back and rule forever and ever as the king of kings. So let's pray about that now. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is the king of kings, and we pray that each one of us will trust him as our saviour, and follow him as our king. May he rule and reign in our lives. But we thank you that one day Jesus Christ is coming back again. His kingdom will come in all its fullness, and he will reign forever and ever, and the best is yet to be. And so we pray that your kingdom would come, and we would look forward to that day. We pray these things in the mighty name of King Jesus. Amen. Now we're going to sing our children's song, and our children's song for this week is called, Make Me Faithful. Jesus, you came a servant to do your Father's will. Satan's worst temptations You were obedient still You are the rock of ages 
have an important document here in my hands. On the front of it, it says, a copy of the last will of Peter Alexander Lothar. And in this document, which I keep in an important place, I keep it filed away at home, it details what will happen to all the things that I own, everything I possess in the event of my death. I wonder, do you have a similar document yourself? It's a nice cheery thing to think about on a Sunday morning. Now, I have a standard arrangement here in my will. If something happens to me, everything I have and own will be left to my wife, Joanne. But in the event of that happening, my death, and she's not alive, everything will be divided equally amongst our three daughters. They're the people who will inherit from me. And somebody inherits from a will is known as a beneficiary. Now, before my kids get too excited about an inheritance and what they might get, There's not many benefits they'll get from me. I have no Swiss bank account. There's no secret fortunes hidden away. And they've already made a good stab at making a dent on my savings. But maybe one day my children will inherit something from me. Maybe when I die, they might be the beneficiaries to any money I might have left or any home that I might own or any other possessions. But I don't want them to get too excited about this, building up their hopes for some great inheritance in the future. Instead, there's a greater inheritance I want to point them towards. In fact, I want to point all of you, everybody who's watching today, towards this even greater inheritance. It's something we read about in Ephesians chapter 1. It's this great passage that we've been studying over the last number of weeks. And from verse 3 through to 14 of chapter 1, there's this long string of words, one massive sentence, where the Apostle Paul pours out just the incredible blessings which are ours in Christ Jesus. And Joel White, one of our church members, who's really involved in our children's and youth ministry here in the church, is going to read the passage again to us just to remind us of these great words. Today's reading is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. The passage is entitled, Spiritual Blessings in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14, reads this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be, the, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Thanks a lot, Joel. Now, in verse 11 of the passage, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance. 
The phrase in him refers to Christ. All the blessings that we receive are a result of Christ Jesus. And this is a repeated phrase throughout this passage. So time and time again, it talks about in him. So near the start, it says we were chosen in him, chosen in Christ. And then a few weeks ago, we thought about the fact that we were redeemed in him, we're set free from our sins. And then next week, which will be our final week looking at this long passage, we'll see this great truth that in him, in Christ, we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Because all the great blessings, all the great blessings of the Christian life flow through Jesus Christ, flow from what Jesus Christ accomplished in his death on the cross and in his resurrection as well. And they flow through to those who belong to him. That's why we have this phrase, in him. It refers to being joined to Christ. Or another phrase that I've used in past weeks is a union with Christ Jesus, where we are joined together. And the only way to be in Christ, the only way to be joined to him, the only way to receive all these blessings that Joel was reading to us about, is by having faith in Jesus Christ, trusting him as your saviour. Now, several weeks ago, we thought about this incredible truth that if we're in Christ, if we're joined to Christ Jesus, we have been adopted into the family of God. We are children of the living God. We're able to call him Father, Abba Father, and we're brothers and sisters with other Christians as well. And what we were told and what we thought about a few weeks ago is once we're adopted into God's family, we are treated as sons, sons with all the rights and the privileges and benefits of members of the family. And one of the privileges of being a member of God's family is we are heirs, heirs to an incredible inheritance. When you listen to these words from Galatians chapter four, this is another letter that the apostle Paul wrote to a local church. Listen to God's word. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of a son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Do you get that? Once we were slaves, we were in bondage to sin, but Christ has set us free. We're no longer slaves, but we're now sons. And if we're a son, then we're an heir through God. An heir to what? An heir to this incredible inheritance. Because God's children have always had an inheritance to look forward to. And if we go right the way back, back in the Bible to the book of Genesis, we see where God started. He started with one man and he made a family, his family out of this one man, a man called Abraham. And right at the start, when God gave some promises to Abraham, One of the promises is that he would give his children, his people, an inheritance. Now, what was that inheritance in Old Testament times? Well, it was a land, a land to live in, the promised land, the land of Canaan. And earlier on this year, we as a church family were studying the book of Joshua as the people claimed their inheritance as they moved into the promised land. And so one of the words that is repeated time and time and time again throughout the book of Joshua, throughout all 24 chapters, is this word inheritance. As the land was divided up, this was the inheritance for this tribe, and this was the inheritance for that tribe. That's what they were claiming, this inheritance that God had promised years past. And for a certain amount of time, for 400 years, God's people hadn't been in the promised land. Their inheritance was still out there. They were slaves in Egypt. 
But there was a hope that kept them going. And the hope that kept them going was that God one day would set them free from slavery and eventually they would be able to claim their inheritance. It wasn't a cash gift, it wasn't possessions, but it was a land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But now God's children, God's children in the present age, the church, are people who have also come out of slavery. That's what the Bible teaches us. We thought about this a few weeks ago when we thought about being redeemed, being set free from our sin. God has redeemed us by his grace. And now we are waiting, like the children of Israel in the past, to experience our future inheritance. And the inheritance that waits for the church, the inheritance that waits for those who are trusting in Christ Jesus, is far greater than a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, the land of Canaan. So what exactly is our inheritance? When Jesus lived here on earth in the Gospels, he spoke several times about our inheritance. So in Matthew chapter 19, he talks about us inheriting eternal life. In Matthew 25, he speaks about us inheriting a kingdom. We thought about a kingdom as we did the Lord's Prayer with the children, but about us inheriting a kingdom that's been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. So Jesus linked this inheritance to you. It was eternal life and the kingdom of God. In the book of Hebrews, later on in the New Testament, Hebrews 1 and verse 14, it also talks about our inheritance. And what does it describe our inheritance as? What is our inheritance? Well, in Hebrews, it describes it as our salvation. You see, when somebody comes to Christ Jesus, when somebody trusts Christ as their Savior, they are saved. That's a, a biblical word. Sometimes people will use that. I've become a Christian. I'm saved. You'll see that mentioned in different times. A Savior is somebody who saves us. So in the book of Acts, when the apostle Paul was in jail, the jailer there in Philippi said to him this great question, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be rescued? And Paul comes back with this very simple, very clear, powerful answer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. You'll experience salvation. And if you're a Christian, you have been saved, rescued from your sins. So for me, it was at a young age, as a child, I understood the gospel. And in my garage in our home, just in Kaidoff, I believed in my heart the gospel made sense. And I prayed a prayer with my mouth, expressing the sentiments of my heart, asking Jesus to save me, forgive me, and to make me a real follower of him. And later on here in the book of Ephesians, in the next chapter, it tells us that it's by grace that we're saved by faith. So it's our faith in Jesus which saves us and rescues us. And although we're saved, although I am saved, that is my testimony, that is my story, we don't experience the full benefits of salvation until a future day. Yes, I'm saved, but there's so much more that is still to come. And last week when Johnny McGreevy, the pastor of Green Island, shared with us in our morning service, he talked a lot about this. The best is yet to be. And the completion of our salvation awaits a future day. It awaits the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes back, back again, then we're going to enter a heavenly city. And incredible things are going to happen. We're going to start experiencing and enjoying our inheritance. See these bodies, these weak, frail human bodies, 
where we're going to be changed. We're going to be given a resurrected body. Our bodies will be like Christ's glorious body. This awaits a future day. Also, we will be made perfectly holy. We'll be made like God himself. And because we're perfectly holy and there is no sin in us, then we'll be perfectly happy. Sin will have gone. There'll be no more death, the Bible says. No more grief, no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. All of it will have gone. The best is yet to be. And in that future day, we will bask in the presence of our Savior. We will enjoy perfect fellowship with God himself, and we will be with him forever and ever. Everything will be made new. We will experience eternal life in all its fullness. We will enjoy the kingdom of God forever and ever. This is the inheritance that waits for us, eternal life, salvation, the kingdom of God in all of its fullness. Now, sadly, I think often, and I speak for myself, and I don't know about you, often we are too settled here on earth. We're too comfortable. We're too comfortable even though this is a messed up, broken world. And because we're comfortable here, we're not excited about an inheritance that's out there. Again, Johnny touched upon this last week in his sermon. I think for many of us, if we're honest, we'd rather live here on earth. We'd rather live here forever. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't die, but we could live here forever and ever, just stay here with this life that we're familiar with and comfortable with. No, this is just a mere shadow of what's to come. The best is yet to be when we inherit these glorious blessings from our God and Savior. If we are in Christ, there is something wonderful. There is something glorious. There's something that words cannot even express that awaits us. Let's listen to how the Apostle Peter described our inheritance in 1 Peter and chapter 1. Again, let's listen to God's word. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Did you get that? An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Now this summer, Joanne and I are celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. And to mark this special occasion, 20 years of marriage, we had planned a nice family holiday. We wanted to spend some time away, the five of us together. And so back in January, we took a lot of time to book out a nicer plan, a, a nice holiday. We booked the flights, we booked the accommodation. The plan was we were going to fly into Barcelona and then move around a few different places along the Spanish coast. We were really looking forward to it. It was something that kept us going uh, through the, the dark winter months with this nice family holiday in July. The kids were really excited about going away together until this week. Because this week we received an email, an email that, similar to what many of you have been receiving over the last few days to tell us that our flights for our summer holiday have been cancelled. And because the flights have been cancelled, our holiday is no more. And children are devastated, obviously something they were looking forward to. And for Joanna and myself, we'll probably have to celebrate our wedding anniversary in the back garden this year. But don't worry about your eternal inheritance. There is nothing that can ever cancel it. Do you catch those words that Peter said? 
It's imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. Our future is gloriously secure. There is nothing that can tamper with our inheritance. There is nothing that can diminish or take anything away for what awaits for us in glory. But what is our response to this? What is our response to this incredible truth that in him we have obtained an inheritance? Well, firstly, we should be full of praise. Let me read verses 11 and 12 to you again. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. That we might be to the praise of his glory. See, God has pre-planned all of us. He predestined it according to the purpose of his will. So that what? So that we might be to the praise of his glory. That he might be praised through this. And when we think about what awaits us as a believer, how can we not join this hymn of praise to our glorious God for all that he has done for us and all that he has prepared for us, all that is waiting for us in the future? So let's join with this hymn of praise because that's really what this passage is. It starts with Paul saying, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take time, take time to praise God that the best is yet to be, that you have, if you're trusting in Christ as your Savior, a glorious inheritance that's waiting for you. But it also gives us hope. As Johnny McGreevy said last week, we are certainly not living the dream right now. Let's be honest. Let's think about your lives. Your lives might be good, might be in a good place, but none of us can say, particularly in these days of lockdown, that we are living the dream. You know what COVID-19 has highlighted to all of us? It's highlighted the fragility of life all around the world. Brokenness, pain, disorder. We are not in control of things as we thought we were. This world is as good as it gets. Is this world as good as it gets? No, I don't think it is. There must be something far better than this. And that's what the Bible clearly teaches. There is something glorious. There is something glorious in our future if we're trusting in Christ. The best is yet to be. There is a wonderful inheritance. And it awaits all those who are in Christ, who are joined to Christ by faith. And so that gives us hope that in the midst of challenging days, the challenging days that we're living in at the moment, God's word gives us this hope that there's something better awaiting those who are trusting in Christ. Let me read some words from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a book that looks into the future, looks into the future and tells us what is going to happen when Christ Jesus comes again. Let's listen to these words. This is the inheritance that awaits us. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. 
Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. The former things have passed away, and the great blessings of our inheritance will take their place. I wonder, do you share in this hope? Is this something you can look forward to? Is this something you can get excited about, this great inheritance that awaits us in the future? Do you know, incredibly, in the UK, £15 billion worth of assets are lying unclaimed. People have died. People have died and left fortunes. £15 billion worth of fortunes and yet they lie unclaimed. And actually, if you go onto the government website, you will see a list of all these legacies, inheritances that have not been claimed. And maybe some of you might rush after the service to to look up that list to see if there's any long-lost relatives who have left inheritances that you can claim. It's an incredible reality that there's so much unclaimed inheritance. And yet there's a greater inheritance that God wants you to be a beneficiary of. Not something that will fade and defiled and only last for a short time. There's an eternal inheritance and God doesn't want you to miss out on this. And the way to enjoy this incredible inheritance is to be in Christ, to be joined to him, to have union with him, which comes through faith. So let me finish with these words from John chapter 1 and verse 12. And it says this, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, that's Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. And if you're a child of God, you have a right to the inheritance. Let me read that again. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so if you don't have this inheritance to look forward to, come to Christ. Receive him, receive him as your saviour, believe in him, and you will have this incredible inheritance as a child of God. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that you're a good God. You're a loving God who has blessed us in so many ways. And we thank you that through Christ it is possible to look forward to this incredible inheritance when we will experience salvation in all its fullness and all the joys and all the benefits of having resurrected bodies, of being made holy, of being made like our Savior, of enjoying your presence, of experiencing a heaven and an earth where all things have been made new. May we long for that day. May it excite our hearts. May our mouths now be filled with praise and thankfulness. But we pray for people who are watching who are maybe missing out on this inheritance. May they miss out no longer, but may they receive Christ Jesus by believing in his name, by being joined to him by faith, and start to experience all the joys and all the blessings that flow from that. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. We're going to sing our closing song now. Our closing song is entitled, O Lord, Our Rock and our Redeemer. Again, has been recorded by several members of our church praise group, uh, Karen and Kyle Ashfield and Emma Miller as well.
Thank you for joining us today. Do get in touch if we can be of any help to you, any spiritual or practical help. Last Thursday, we started our Christianity online course, 
And it's not too late to join in. You can join in from the second week. And if you're still interested in that, sign up through our church website. Just to remind you, I want to encourage you to maybe record a song or play a piece or share a verse with it. Send it in over the next few days so we can put an online praise service together. And if the children want to send in something to do with the Lord's Prayer, that would be great. I'd love to show that next week. But let me finish this morning with these words from 1 Peter and chapter 1. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls.